1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler.
2: CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. Marco is on the updates. And we are talking about the championship games. That's right. Go figure. We are talking about it. Everybody else has gotten their jaws in on this one. And now as we either guide you to sleep or maybe we're waking you up into your Tuesday. Now you can get the uh, the sensible, logical takes on the matter which include me uh, ranting and raving about Brock Purdy, of course. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Talking Ravens and Chiefs, talking Lions and Niners. A lot of you guys, some Ravens, some Chiefs, some Niners, some Lions. We're getting a very good mix of people calling in with their thoughts. So let's uh, keep doing that. The analytics team says we can take some more calls. We can take some more calls. We hired an analytics team, by the way, if you're just joining us. Because it's so popular now in all these sports. So we decided here at the show to hire an analytics team. And they're telling me when I can take breaks, when I should take more calls, how long the calls should be. There's a whole process to this. So um, it's hard for me because I'm a radio guy through and through, and I don't want to listen to these nerds. But we're just trying to evolve the show into the 21st century. So the nerds uh, the nerds have won. Jason is in D.C. What's up, Jason. <laughs> Hey, Bart, regarding Brock
3: Purdy, um, quick point, I 100% would take that Dak Prescott any day of the week. In fact, I'll go a step further, and it would not shock me if Sam Darnold was quarterbacking in that system, if the Niners were still playing in the Super Bowl, with Sam Darnold as their quarterback. Um, Let me throw
2: out this hypothetical before we get back. Um, Let's say the Carolina Panthers. Let's say Dak Prescott was the quarterback for them this year. And let's say Brock Purdy was the quarterback for them this year. How many wins do they have with either quarterback? Let's why don't you just think about that, everybody. That's a bit rhetorical. You can all think about that in your head, uh, and then maybe get back to me in a little bit. Jason, go ahead.
3: And regarding the uh, Dan Campbell and the Lions, I think your point about the timeouts is so huge. Everybody got so hung up on the fourth down decisions, but I I think that um, I mean the, the the timeouts. It was so bad. to to run that ball and like you said even if you're gonna try to get in with Montgomery they had been doing such a good job against the run I know they got a little bit gashed in the second half but if you're a 49ers fan and the end of that game is happening and you're you have two choices run the ball three times make them use their timeouts and then punt or run it twice and let Purdy throw the ball on third down for a first down and risk it being incomplete, I think they would have ran the ball three times, given the Lions the ball back. Granted, there would have been not that much time left, but you can't burn that time out. And the last point is I feel like Campbell got away from what he needed to do at the end of that first half. I think he regretted not going for that touchdown and kicking that field goal. And I think the rest of that game, He was trying to get that confidence back in his team because it's a young team, and I think he went for some of those that maybe he shouldn't have in the second half, but I think he regretted not going for it, and he saw San Francisco come out and take that first possession of the second half right down the field and said, i got to let these guys know I have confidence in them. We can win this game. We can hang with them. And he didn't want to take any more field goal attempts. He wanted to control the game. And I think that's where he kind of lost it a little bit, but I still think any team in the league would take him as a coach in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah. Jason, good call. And way to bring up a couple of points there uh, to hit on. Again, thanks for the call, uh, Jason in DC, because with Campbell, he did kick a field goal and they left the offense on the field for quite a while. And then they finally decided to kick the field goal. And it did seem like, "Ah, I don't really want to do this, but I think it's the right decision I think there's a lot of um, debate on this, and Shep, I don't know that I've really uh, asked you about the timeouts and the, or not the timeouts, but the fourth downs and and all that. Because I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of debate about what he should have done. I still subscribe to do what the other team doesn't want you to do in any scenario. If they want you to kick a field goal, go for it. Like that. That's what I w- try to think of first. You can look at some of these fourth down plays, and sure, they could have been converted. They weren't, but. I th- I don't think that I don't think he made mistakes. He made choices. He made decisions, and then you're judging on if it was a mistake or not based on the result. And I don't think that you can always do that. He made decisions. Just because you make a decision, it doesn't work out. That that doesn't that shouldn't qualify it as a mistake. The mistake he made was the timeouts. So he made decisions that didn't work out. The mistake he made was calling that timeout with a minute to go, which then nullified the other timeouts. So I know there's a lot of referendum here on Dan Campbell and all this stuff, but I don't, I don't know that like, he just, he had a lot of decisions that came to him and he had to make quick decisions. You don't, you don't get the weekend to think about it. You don't, you don't get to take a like 15 minutes and come back and think about it. You got the, you got to make these decisions in the moment. So I think the thing that people should be mad about Campbell here, Shep, is the timeout thing. The, the fourth down stuff is just stuff that didn't work out to me.
0: Yeah, that's all, that's all fair. Um, obviously, you know, the onside kick is, is more unlikely to be received than at any other time in NFL history. So in, even then, you give yourself no chance basically to win the game. You cannot afford to burn any timeout in that situation. Now, here, here's the other thing that people have not talked about enough. Anthony Ferkser. Now, does that name ring a bell? So, Anthony Ferkser,
2: I saw that Zach Ertz was out, and I thought, I might play this guy in DraftKings. He's real cheap, but yeah, former Titans tight end, sure.
0: Bart, that was the worst set of running into the end zone I have ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. You are taught in football, when you catch a pass, to not slow down to accelerate through that spatial movement and lunge for the end zone if you have to. And even with that being said, all he's got to do is keep running. I mean, he had all kinds of daylight to get into the end zone. And this fool, and I call him a fool, and I know he's not a fool in life, but that particular play was atrocious judgment. He had no idea where he was on the field. He steps out of bounds when there was nobody even within five meters of him, it seemed like, at the time. And that should have been a gimme touchdown. And if that meters. takes place, well, that's a little bit of exaggeration. But this is not exaggeration. Hey, the, we're in America. We're talking yards and feet. Okay, fair enough. All right? I'm sorry, meters. I'm sorry to be dignified and cultured here. Okay, so <laughs> so this guy, in all, in all honesty, there was not a guy within three feet of him. And he steps yeah. out of bounds at the one yard USA. line. You have to make it over the goal line at that point. And if he does make a play that 99.9% of guys in the NFL would make, including on special teams, if he makes the most basic execution of that touchdown... We aren't even having this conversation about timeouts. So I understand Dan Campbell needs to lick his wounds. He's going to take the chops for losing this game, and rightfully so, because how you how are you aggressive on those second half non field goal attempts and going for it on fourth down? But yet you have the momentum. You got the golden opportunity to go up three scores, and it's a lot different being up you know 17 than 21 points. They should have gone for it. They didn't, and Dan Campbell's going to get his share of the blame but there were really bad plays by the Detroit offense. I mean, you talked about the Reynolds drop, obviously this play by Furkser, and then that fumble up 24-17, you still have the ball, Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, that's yep. not getting talked about at all. And that's just that's just careless, man. And and there was, you know, and I know Ben Johnson's going to be interviewed a lot um, you know, he's the favorite for one of these jobs. I know you referenced the commanders. He's going to be more, most likely up for that as opposed to the Seahawks position. But, I mean, do they know they can go like, you know, a runaround play? Do they know they can go to the outside? Do they know they can do some kind of play action? And I just felt like they got too predictable with the play calling as well. Um, there's a lot of blame to go around. It's not just on Dan Campbell. What I'd like to hear is some accountability. You heard none of it from John Harbaugh. You certainly heard none of it from Zay Flowers. You heard a little bit from Lamar, but you're not really hearing it from the Lions. And th- this is one of the worst collapses I have ever witnessed in the history of the NFL playoffs. Do you remember when the Packers were up against the Seahawks? I do, but that was—I mean, I mean—that was just—I mean—that that was, was a 16-point deficit. Was, right, so but,
2: this was 17, though.
0: Right, but but that was that was an onside kick. That was an unbelievable catch. Um, and I'm sorry I'm I'm forgetting the name, but by the tight end of the Seahawks. I forgot that whole game.
2: I I don't okay. even know how I brought it up.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But you I mean, they, they couldn't convert on the onside kick in terms of receiving it. That that's just one in a million. But at the same time, you can I mean you can't really I mean it's it sucks. I mean, to swallow that the kind of uh, a loss. But I will say with that particular game, Russell Wilson at the end played unbelievable. I mean it's 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 not as if it's not as it's not as if Brock Purdy played lights out at the end and he was on fire. Now, if Brock Purdy would have had that Packers last drive he had against the Lions, then you just take off your hat and give him the tip of the cap and just well, say you Well, know, again, you, you again
2: when I when I'm slandering Brock Purdy if that's what you want to say I'm doing, he won the game with his legs. And those plays were incredible, and I'm not taking the fact that he made those plays away. I am pointing out that it's a little weird that we're celebrating a guy for he basically, I mean, he was a running quarterback in that game. He was a running quarterback in that game. And we're acting like he's a top five quarterback all of a sudden uh, when all things are considered, I still don't think so. The other thought I had about the lions and I, I like had this thought and then I thought I'm stupid for having this thought. And then maybe I feel like I'm smart again. Cause they signed Zach Ertz off the practice squad or they signed him off a free agency. And, he couldn't go. He would have been the backup tight end. So maybe he gets at that play instead of Ferkser. But then also maybe they go to him on a fourth down. Like, am I dumb enough to think the Lions would have won the game if Zach Ertz played? Am I that stupid? I think I
0: am. No, you're not. Um, but here's—I think answer. the Lions win that game if Zach Ertz played. <laughs> I mean, what what am I saying? Even you're right. And I'll also say this: you talk <laughs> about you know. Lions is going to be back, man. Like, Jared Goff ain't 30. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to still be pissed off that he didn't get you know, elected to this uh, Pro Bowl, and he's obviously a top-five receiver in the NFL, no question about that. Reynolds is a lot better than what you saw. Laporte is a lot better than what you saw in that title game. You got Montgomery, you got Gibbs, you got Aiden Hutchinson on the outside. They obviously buy into the culture. That was quite a shift, Bart. Like, to go f- from a team that in 66 years had one playoff win on your resume to then win two and to then almost be the overwhelming favorite in that entire conference all year, in the 49ers. Remember when the Eagles kind of slid back a little bit, you knew Mm -hmm. this was the 49ers conference to lose. You said it. You don't have decades of mediocrity and all of a sudden go win a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't even with the Chiefs, with that run that they had. They had to experience heartbreak in the AFC title game, and even before that, they were consistently making the playoffs with Reed and Smith, so there is that uphill climb. The Lions are going in the right direction. The Bills are actually going in the right direction, signing uh, Joe Brady. So the 49ers and Chiefs, they better enjoy this Super Bowl now because the Ravens, the Bills, and especially the Detroit Lions, they're not going anywhere. Eight five
2: five two one two four cbs Robert is in Annapolis. Hey, buddy.
4: Hey, uh, I vowed to call in if the Ravens lost, but uh, not on Monday. So my Monday call is really about the Super Bowl matchup. Uh, I need to gas up the Bardo meter because I'm going to give you four elements of the two teams and tell me what the Bardo meter spits out as its favorite. Okay, so Team A has a Hall of Fame head coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, an excellent defense, and has won its two playoff games against arguably more talented teams on the road in hostile environments. On Team B, we have a head coach without a a significant, or what's the word I'm thinking of, win, uh, a milestone win, let's say, Uh, really a quarterback of modest NFL skills, a defense that has given up 30 points, give or take, in its two playoff games, and has won those two games really by virtue of the opponent melting down. Now, somehow, the sports book has favored Team B, I think, by a point and a half, if I saw it correctly. What say the Bardo Meter?
2: Yeah, I was stunned when I saw the Niners were the favorite, because <laughs> the whole the whole day it was people saying, "Well, we're we're learning. We're never going to get." We're never gonna get uh we're never gonna bet against Mahomes as an underdog again. And then they're an underdog again, and I'm I'm like, does Vegas want bets to come in on the Chiefs? But then again, well, like the Niners, they probably shouldn't have won both those games, but they did. So right, well, who knows into the
4: Bardo meter and we'll see what it spits out. Let me close with this. As we have these discussions of these NFL games, NFL football is really an exercise in chaos uh, of 60 minutes crammed into three hours, three and a half hours. There is no logic. There is no, I learned very early on as a Baltimore Colts fan in Super Bowl three, when my team was favored by 17 or 18 points, went up and down the field, but kept turning it over, and lost. To a team that scored 16 points, and the quarterback was named MVP and didn't even throw a touchdown. So there really is no logic. It's just whatever has, the, whoever has the bigger number on that scoreboard at the end of the game is the winner. It doesn't matter if they're a better team; they're the winner and they move on. Thanks for taking my call, Bart.
2: Thanks, Robert. Those games were so chaotic. I mean, they were chaotic. Even if you had no rooting interest, it like there was so much that happened in the first game. And then even more so in the second game where you're thinking how, how, like the, it's, it's just, these are huge moments and you're watching, you're watching failure at the highest level. And I mean, you're also watching success at that as well, but it's just like, it's taxing that it was taxing. You know, if you watch like a really good TV show and you binge it and you're like, Oh my God. This was insane. I'm like, I'm like fatigued from this. The way I felt about plug, because they're going back for season two, Apple TV Plus Severance. Recommendation Severance. Check out that show when you get a minute. No football now for a couple days. Check out Severance. Uh, Taylor is in Myrtle Beach. Taylor.
5: Hey, I got just a few things to say. Like, All right. As far as the Brock Purdy thing, he's entirely underrated. I mean, just about every major passing category, top ten. As far as the whole hammer, Dak Prescott, I'm taking Purdy all day on that one. I mean, Prescott has a great defense, good O line, good good receivers, good running backs. Just about the same with Brock Purdy. I mean, completely different as far as whenever they play heads up. Brock Purdy goes on and kills him in Dallas. And then just for one thing, it's uh, one thing we were talking about in the kitchen earlier tonight at work. One of my friends thinks that Andrew Lux ought to be like a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he's first ballot, then Cam Newton is definitely first ballot. Because, I mean, same numbers other than the rushing, because Cam was probably... The number one running back in the time he was in the league. You guys as were long talking long about that tonight.
2: Season. Yeah. All these, all that stuff that happens in those two games yesterday, and Andrew Luck's Hall of Fame candidacy came up tonight. Yeah, he's he's a huge Colts fan. He's oh man, oh, that's that's yeah. hardcore. That's hardcore football talk. That's that rules honestly. Yeah, there's a lot of
5: gambling and stuff like that <laughs> that goes on in the kitchen through the football.
2: Oh, I bet. I bet. All right. Well, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. Oh, no problem. Everything everything that happened in those two games. The amount of things to talk about when you're sitting around with your buddies or sitting around at work discussing those games, the amount of things to talk about. Andrew Luck's Hall of Fame candidacy comes up. Cheers,
0: by the way. I just
2: think it's absolutely thrilling.
0: Oh, is he a Hall of Famer? Listen, if you put Ralph Sampson in the Naismith Hall of Fame um, and you put uh, Jim Rice in in Cooperstown, Andrew Luck needs to be in Canton. You know who's not a Hall of Famer is Adam Schefter because he was going to – Andrew
2: Luck was going to retire gracefully but then Schefter had (laughs) to tell people during the game and then he got booed by
0: his own fans. Yeah, I think you know what I think. Uh, heat of the moment, obviously, that's a gut punch reaction because you're finding out in a nanosecond fashion, and no one expected it. That um, was nuts. That was a yeah, nuts evening. I remember that. You know what? But I think I think Indianapolis Colts fans, if you if you gave them a poll of how they handled themselves, they would uh, have a lot of regret for their initial reaction. Sometimes we, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes Shep,
2: when someone says boo, we get scared. Yep. And sometimes we boo. When we are scared,
0: well, well said. Like we don't know what else to do, and just we let our emotions yeah. get the best of us, and so we always yeah. resort to boo because that's what we know.
2: Because we're we're just we're not booing Andrew Luck in that moment. We are we are unable to process the emotions, and that was the only thing that we could do. Mm-hmm. Aye, that's fair. The more you know. Yeah. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Much more wisdom like that. Coming up, CBS Sports Radio.
1: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio.
6: We've got a core group of guys that have been here for the last couple years and, and the standard and culture that they've built. Um, And then the guys that Kyle and John brings in, like, everyone fits that mold. And, um, you know, it showed tonight in a huge moment. Like, if you're down 17, you got to care about each other. you got to love each other to to get a comeback going. And so I think we showed that tonight, and I'm I'm really proud of this group.
1: This is the Bart Winkler Show. Listen Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio.
2: You know, I thought the play of the game, as you hear Brock Purdy there for the 49ers, um, was brilliant. You know how, like, if you are um, playing pool and sometimes you try to carry him a shot off the side or whatever, or um, any game like that, you try to use the angles to help you. Um, the way that Brock Purdy, the way that he knew... He probably wasn't going to hit Brandon Ayuk in stride with the coverage, so he knew if he could throw it off Kendall Vildor's head, that it would then bounce into the hands of Ayuk because he Purdy saw how Ayuk was running, and in a moment made the decision like, "I'm not going to be able to get it to Purdy or to Ayuk, but if I can, if I can throw it off this guy's head." The way that and the angle that Ayuk's running at, he could catch it. So I just thought it was a brilliant play from Brock Purdy to target the Detroit Lions' head. And then it bounced into Ayuk's hands. And that's MVP stuff right there, man. I mean, I never saw Steve Young do that. I never saw Joe Montana do that. This guy's one of one. You know he's going to outplay Mahomes in the Super Bowl just because of you. You know that, right? Well, who are the good luck gods going to favor in this one, honestly? It's like there's going to be 17 overtimes. You think so? I mean, this is like the two guys that get all the breaks in these kind of games, right? Who's going to get the bigger one? The Super Bowl's weird. I don't like it. We just had it. We just
0: did this not into it again. I mean, when Brock Purdy was great it was going on the greatest rookie run we've ever seen considering where he was drafted and considering that 49ers team was not favored to do anything until he became quarterback and he went out with the elbow injury, was that the football god shining down on him? Yeah, to set up a redemption story. <laughs> okay, touche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they they think long term. Okay, got it. They, yeah, they, so, they, so 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 by year 2, you have Brock Purdy in a Super Bowl as long term.
2: Yeah and I'm actually I'm actually part of the football gods plan. You may think like oh this guy is not as as keen on Brock Purdy as everybody else but what they what the football gods have done is they've chosen a few I don't want to say profits uh, but people like me to
0: tear the guy down the right. further he goes so that he has more doubters to then prove wrong. What I'm excited about is I know the Barto Meter is objective and fair-minded and doesn't let personal grudges about respective teams get in the way of his particular rankings, or I should say their particular rankings. So I look forward to the Barto Meter being a lot more reasonable when it comes to Brock Purdy's status in the NFL compared to Bart Winkler.
2: I don't know right now what the readings are going to say, but when it tells us who the top 10 quarterbacks are in the NFL on Thursday, will Brock Purdy be in there? I don't know. I I'll be interested to see the Bart-O-Meter and how it uh, is going to be fair-minded, like I said. I tell you what though, I think the Bart-O-Meter might be a Packer fan. No. <laughs> we'll see. we'll see. Um all right, let's talk to Tim who is in Portland. Hey Tim.
6: Hey Bart, what's going on my friend? Great show as always. Uh but I wanted to weigh in and basically maybe piggyback on what Shep was just mentioning right now. I think this might be a little bit of a a broken Green Bay Packer fan heart weighing in on Brock Purdy like this. The the fact of the matter is there's, there's really just nothing you can say about the guy negatively. And he came out of nowhere dropping dimes, throwing lasers and arrows out there, and then just had a uh MVP worthy season and is one you know one full season five minutes after elbow surgery. So uh, you know I think this might be a little bit of packer.
2: I just Packers, I, I honestly um and okay, maybe. No acknowledgement or confession <laughs> either way. But I I would like to know and I I I agree that this might not be fair because we don't do this with a lot of other guys but this speaks to the talent of the Niners is I want to know what Brock Purdy looks like on a different team. I want to know Uh, what he looks like when he doesn't have all these guys.
6: That's a legitimate criticism, but at the same time, everybody's got NFL talent, you know, for teammates. So that's, it's kind of a, uh, he definitely benefited from being drafted into a, to a good situation. And then, you know, uh, just happenstance, circumstances took over, but um, he's in a good spot with a good offensive-minded coach and good weapons to throw to, but at the same time, I mean, he's got to deliver, you know, he's got to do his part of it, and he's definitely lived up to that.
2: Yeah, um, Tim, I'll agree with you. Thanks for the call. Like, despite the mistakes that he has made and the opportunities that other teams could not capitalize on. There are plays like when you look at the plays that got the Niners into this game, into the Super Bowl. If I were to say, what are the top ten plays that got the Niners into the Super Bowl, and take luck out of it because the Ayuk play, Purdy scramble, Purdy evaded a sack. Pur, I mean, yeah, he, he did a lot of he did a lot of great stuff. I'm just I'm just pointing out that I have not. Seen him play quarterback as a thrower as well as I thought I knew he was. A lot of what he's doing here, I'm seeing with his legs. And if that makes him a top five quarterback, okay. Because there are a lot of other guys that used to run like that that you would never put in that category, but now Purdy does it, and and now that's where we are. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering. Again, football gods sent me here to create disruption for the Brock Purdy redemption story. Kingfish, what's up? Hello? Hey, man.
7: Oh, yeah, I'm on. This is Kingfish. Yeah, hey. Yeah, uh, you're I'm on. A, I'm, are you there? Yep, you're on, yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm a uh, Packers fan, and I've got some pretty uh, strong takes on what happened this weekend. And, and, and I, it's nothing to do with the Packers so much, I'm just letting you know I'm not none of the teams I have a rooting interest for, but I, I, I really am disappointed with the situational coaching that we've seen in these playoffs from Buffalo to uh, Baltimore because I really feel like that, that they're building up this mystique about Mahomes, and he's good. He's the best. I don't, don't take anything away from him. He is. However, that I think the coaching against him has been just terrible. I mean, there's been Buffalo had opportunities to to, to take him out and Baltimore didn't even play the proper game at all. You're not supposed to let Lamar throw the ball 38 times. He should have been throwing the ball maybe 20 times. And it just it, it, and it just seems it's almost like Bart you're kind of like into wrestling. It almost makes me think of some kind of a wrestling event or something. It just it's just weird. I mean, it's like that it seems like they said something about Taylor Swift bringing three hundred and thirty million dollars of money into the NFL with all her hype and everything like this, and it just seems like it's just this momentum of like, let's get Taylor and you know Travis and <laughs> Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Let's have them get married or something. It just it's just like really weird.
2: They're gonna get married on field after they win.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it just seems like <laughs> I'm, I'm like
7: how everybody in the world was waiting. To see Lamar play a good game of football, and but it, it had to be within their game. It wasn't supposed to be him just going out and, and being goofy and winging it and so it just it just seemed like I'm thinking like they didn't even have to have the refs call the game, even though they should have told the players like look you're going to have to be extremely cautious because the refs are going to nail every one of you with any you know sloppy play you're going to get hit." But the rest didn't have to throw the game because it seemed like the coaching threw the game. It was just so obvious. Now, back to Campbell, Bart, you said something really smart that I have never heard. And it it makes perfect sense about doing the opposite of what the other team wants you to do. I think that Dan Campbell, he underestimated how strong his team was. In the first half, they were the superior team. They once they got the lead, they could just match field goal for field goal and touchdown for field goal, whatnot, the rest of the game. They're, they were the better team. They did not have to take additional chances because they were the superior team. I almost think that he underestimated how good he was. Like Detroit suffers from low self-esteem. They have low self-esteem. Hmm. They have, And so I just think that, if he had played it straight up once he got to halftime, if he just told his guys, "Hey, look, guys, we're better than these guys are. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna just play it straight up. We don't have to do anything stupid." I think he could have just crushed them in the second half, especially if he had to run the ball. And so, in the last but not least, the the guy for I never knew this guy, the Ben Johnson of the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I've ne- I've never seen Detroit play until yesterday. That guy has to get a head coaching job, and we got to get him out of the. For Green Bay's sake, get him out of the division. There, <laughs> that guy, that that's that Detroit offense was the best looking offense I've ever seen. In I mean, the way they came out like that, the the play calling, the running, the touchdown
2: like that. to Jamison Williams
7: right away was great. Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm saying is that some teams should just go for him for that reason, and that would obviously help the Packers, but that. It's it's like uh, Detroit. Shep said it best: is that they did they did blow an opportunity. It was it was there for them, but whereas that they blew an opportunity, it's almost like Baltimore. It, it seems scripted to me. It was just so weird. It's like it was the goofiest game I've ever seen. I mean, everybody was disappointed, and you know what? Nobody's talking about how badly. That game was coached, and how badly Lamar played. They're kind of just letting him off. Maybe in Baltimore they are, but it's like. Well, like, I think there's a
2: lot of uh, there's there's a lot of criticism. Thanks for the call, Kingfish. I think there's a lot of uh, criticism that's going on the offensive coordinator because of the low amount that they ran the football to the running backs, and even even the designed runs to Lamar weren't happening. This is a team that I feel like the stat was, and I'm close enough to throw these numbers at you without double-checking. But typically on first down, the Ravens run it about half the time. And in this game, they did it about like 22% of the time. They just kind of got out of their rhythm. And I would love to go into the wormhole of conspiracy theory, but I think what happens is when you play the Chiefs, you know that you don't have any room for error. And I think some of these teams, they change their whole mentality and their whole identity and because of that because they're so worried about not making a mistake they're more prone to make a mistake and they made several so i think again it's the same reason why i don't think like all of this stuff is scripted and gambling i think sometimes we just we gloss over the fact that these people are human and sometimes humans are dumb and they make dumb choices and I think there were a lot of dumb choices made this weekend. 855 212 4227. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS
1: Sports Radio. Try to
0: fight it, but it's never enough. My heart is certain it's more than a crush. Cause I'm frozen
6: in motion and my head tells me to stop. Brema, i go.
1: You're listening to The Bart Winkler Show. Heard Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio.
2: I'm really enjoying talking football. The XFL and USFL have merged. So it's going to be the United Football League. That'll start in March. Could we... Could we all get into that so we can keep talking football? Could we Could we like just super get into it so that uh, in March we can talk football? I I will. I'll hold up my end of the bargain. I just need like a few of you guys to do it, and then I think we can make it sustainable. So it's a couple people. Maybe we'll do a fantasy league or something.
1: The Rock is cooking.
2: <laughs> Did you, do you ever get into that stuff or is it just me? I think it's just me.
0: (sighs) Bart, here's the thing, man. Football's football. Yeah, Whether it's USFL, XFL, even indoor arena league to some extent, the only football professionally that gets anyone's interest is the NFL. That's not to say that there's not a few people that take pleasure in witnessing that kind of football outside of the fall. But it just never lands, man. Never.
2: Um, But I want it to. So I think if we... Tell people to
0: get into it. You think they will? Bart, you're an influential person. <laughs> there's no. no, and I'm, I'm being serious. Like there, there's a lot of people that really respect you and really admire you doing what you do for a living, and you have a lot of fans. But I, I would venture to say you're not as big as the Rock, right? No. Okay. I'm not, not. Not yet. Anyway. Bart. No. The Rock can't get people interested in XFL. You're right damn
2: okay i guess we'll talk nfl then terry's in california hey terry what's going on hey deal,
8: Bart. first time i hooked up with you i started i used to be a political junkie and list all the political talk shows and i've been listening to the sports talk shows and i'm enjoying it
2: Calling well good you. welcome welcome somehow things are even more contentious over here for some reason <laughs>
8: But uh, one thing I want to say was uh, I'm really surprised that we we had Brock Purdy as quarterback for the 49ers. At the end of last year I'd have thought uh, it would have been uh, Garoppolo or or Trey Young, and uh, and all of a sudden Brock Purdy's in there. Two two quarterbacks get hurt. He's in there and he's uh, doing a great job. I think he's. Uh, um, I don't. I don't think he's. Uh, he's got some downfalls. but I don't think he'll ever be one of the greatest. I think he'll be really good. But his his hands are too small, I think. He can't throw the ball when it's wet. And uh he has a lot of trouble with that. And uh I but I think he's he's uh, really tough. Uh, he's he's really taken some shots like this last game. That one uh one shot where he was down and the lineman hit him, landed on top of him smashed his helmet helmet to helmet. Even he, he busted his mouth open and that and that had hurt. he didn't even he didn't even look yeah. around or I mean, he just like got right up and He's, he's tough, but uh, so I think, uh, I think he's going to be really good. But uh, I think one of the one of the biggest problems with the 49ers was I think you know, I don't want to talk about problems, but they're really great. But I think they have a really great defense, and greater than, than I even thought they were. But I think the the defensive coordinator just doesn't use their talents enough. In you know, the last two games, I think he blitzed like two times. And uh, you can't you can't bull rush. This isn't back in the, the '60s where you just bull rush and get the quarterback. You, you have to you have to do some uh, stunts and, and some blitzes and, and mix it up a little bit. And I just don't think he does that. I think he's got a lot of talent with Armstead in the middle and and uh, he's got uh, um, Chase Young and uh, and uh, um, Nick Bosa. Can't forget him. Nick Bosa. It, uh, then you got some linebackers. He just got a lot, but the, the, the interior line, defensive line, they could do a lot more. I think say he just had a little, a little bit of a help, maybe a safety blitz or a corner blitz or a couple of linebackers going, but it just they don't do it. And they could even like against the Detroit Lions, they could have had a, a run blitz, because could have broke up some of those runs, and slowed them up a little bit. But they just they just uh, they were kind of uh, kind of weak. Yeah, just I mean it just wasn't because it's was not because we, they aren't good. I think they're, they're probably the best front four that the have uh, had, but they're just not, uh, and I just don't think he, he has up. I think he, he's not a horrible coach, but I just think he's got some, uh, he just needs to mix it up a little bit myself. I just, I don't think I'm not putting him down, or anything. And, uh, yeah, one more thing, the, the, the cats that are made. that was like, I've been watching footballs for 65 years. And, uh, I never really played it. It's because I i, I, I had—I had polio when I was little, and and never was big enough or fast enough. But uh, had a lot of talent, but I just couldn't—I uh, couldn't keep up with the speed and stuff. But I've—I've uh, I've watched it, and uh, my son is a uh, uh, is a uh, uh, head coach for a JUCO team in California, and, uh, and so I've—you know—I've been around the football a lot, and and uh, uh, I've. I've greatest, the greatest catch I've ever seen. It was just, just the, the whole, you know, I don't, I don't know if it changed the game. It might, might, it might have. A, uh, yeah. For the
2: moment to... that it happened for the, the unprobability, the improbability, Terry, thanks for the call. Good to talk to you. The improbability of it, all that stuff. Uh, it was, it was certainly incredible. I, and Terry's call inspired me. I thought of another compliment I can give to Brock Purdy. Yeah. I, I can give another compliment to Brock Purdy. That they were down twenty four seven he wasn't phased. he didn't seem like he was phased. He gets knocked around that like that, that is that that's a skill. look, I'll compare him to uh Lamar Jackson. You could see the frustration on Lamar Jackson. I'd be frustrated too. My offensive coordinators calling the worst game of his life. I'd be frustrated too, and i'm not I'm not saying. Um, the the only reason I'm comparing him is I saw a quarterback that was losing that was frustrated, and I saw a quarterback that was losing that that never got frustrated. Or if he did, he he hit it pretty well. Uh even like Mahomes we've seen this year get all crazy, and then uh Jared Goff, I think there were some signs of maybe worry or concern a little bit. But Brock Purdy seems to be the same kind of guy up twenty-four seven, down twenty-four seven. So look at me, another compliment that I have given to Brock Purdy. Uh, I, I Hold your applause. Hold your applause. No need for flowers, but uh, another compliment there. 855 212 cbs Got another uh, hour to go. Amy Lawrence will then take over for the overnight, but plenty of you guys still want to talk, and I still want to talk football in these games with a lot of people. So eight five five two one two four two two seven. We will hear from more of you coming up. Again, Shep's here. Marco's here. I'm Bart Winkler talking NFC, AFC championship games, and the Super Bowl, which is going to be the Niners and the Chiefs. I think America won Lions-Ravens. We're getting Niners and the Chiefs. Congrats to the respective fan bases for that. CBS Sports Radio.
0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network